Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Feeling like you need a punch of energy? Enter wonderful pistachios. I love them. The snack that packs a protein punch, and the best part, they come in so many flavors and so many sizes. Whether you're on the go or chilling at home, wonderful pistachios, they're the go-to snack for me. Here's the real kicker, the protein. These little wonders are one of the highest protein nuts out there. Just one ounce serves up a whopping six grams of protein giving you over 10% of your daily value. So visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. I love them. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It is a Thursday live in Los Angeles. It's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, FS1. One hour from now, Greg Cosell, like only he can do, film only, looks at the Niners-Eagles matchup and the Chiefs-Bengals matchup. One hour from now, our NFL meat sandwich, Greg Cosell on a Thursday. J-Mac, we've set a date. Let's put that Seahawk logo on the side of your head. Very excited for that. What'd you do last night? Played some soccer with my buddies. Yeah. Beat up on some guys. We're good. You know, we play together as a team. I went John and Vinny's with the fam and ate pizza and pasta and went to bed early. Oh, that's a, a lovely night. It's a great night. You watched LeBron and the Lakers last night? Little highlights. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Spurs. Spurs yeah. are tanking. They're bad. Spurs are tanking. So let's start with this. We should all take injury seriously. Tua's concussions. That's the brain. Got to take it seriously. We said on this show, I wouldn't play him for the rest of the year. DeMar Hamlin, terrifying, right? We all sat there. I mean, we all had a pit in our stomach for days um, you know, that's dealing with the heart. Um, so I understand we all want to be really cautious when discussing pro athletes and injuries, but is it possible because of those very serious injuries that we're overplaying Patrick Mahomes? Just think about this. Vegas odds, they're back to Kansas City's favor. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes was a, quote, Full participant in practice. It was his ankle. 
He finished the game. He won the game. He had a passer rating over 100 with the ankle sprain. It's an ankle. Here's a headline I've never seen. 27-year-old world-class athlete sprains an ankle, plays through it, forced to retire. Tom Brady once had a gash in his throwing hand so severe he had 12 stitches. Throwing hand, AFC title game against the Jags. He threw for almost 300 yards, two TDs, no picks, against the great Jags defense with Jalen Ramsey. That's your throwing hand. Remember the pictures? It was gross. It was a gash. And they sewed it up. Young athletes heal much faster than you and I. Young athletes, let's be honest, play through pain much greater than you and I. And young athletes have resources, not a bag of ice from the freezer when their ankle gets twisted. It should also be noted, high ankle sprains are not all the same. Grade one's mild. I think I had one of those in college. Grade two is painful. Grade three is different. That's severe. But not all ankle sprains are the exact. Mahomes was a full participant in practice. In 2019, just four years ago, Mahomes had a high ankle sprain. Seven days later, he threw for 443 yards and four touchdowns. I think he's going to be okay. I've seen three pieces of video. I don't even see a limp. I understand being cautious. We should always take all injuries seriously. And post-Demar Hamlin and Tua, that stuff's frightening. When you see players wobble, heart, brain. But in this instance, here's what Andy Reid said comparing this high ankle sprain to the one in which he threw for almost five football fields a week later. I think this one isn't quite as bad as that one, Sam. You know, so, but, I mean, they're similar. They're, yeah, sore, but not, not quite the same. So that one was worse. I'm just saying, I understand everybody taking caution. But I've now seen two pieces of video minimum, full practice player, odds back to being what the odds should be. I've got a feeling, J-Mac talked about it yesterday, we're talking about Mahomes at 90%. Um, one of the things we have said on this show multiple times is that um, young athletes, if I hear eight weeks, it's six. If I hear five weeks, it's three to four. Uh, these are the best athletes with the best resources, 15 trainers hovering around him. Kansas City has always treated their players, current and former, better than almost anybody in the league. They have a legendary alumni system with the Chiefs, best in the league by far. So Patrick Mahomes is getting the kind of treatment. <laughs> you, it's, it's not what you and I get. Uh, my guess is all indications are he's going to be fine. Now, you cross your fingers, doesn't re-injure it. Um, but I'm getting video. I'm hearing full practice. I'm hearing Andy Reid. I think people these days um, are take athlete. This is not 1988 NFL football where, you know, the NFL was denying CTE. It's not the way the league is anymore. Like overwhelming the league was like Tua shouldn't play. The media said it. Fans said it. Players said it. Doctors said it. Tua shouldn't play. And it's the right call. Um, but I think this one, it feels like to me, it's a go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he kept playing and was really good as he kept playing. 
my feeling is he'll be ready to go. You're going to get 90% or better. Uh, so I saw this story yesterday. You know, sometimes people will say things, and yeah, that's crazy. And you read into it, and you think about it, and you're like, oh, it's, not, it's not that crazy. The other day I saw a headline. The core of the earth is now going to reverse course and spin backwards. I was like, whoa, lead story. That's kind of serious. And then I read the thing. I was like, no, it happens. Yeah, it happens like every 70 years. I had no idea that the core of the earth is going back and forth. And, it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a foosball. I had no idea. But the headline was worse than the reality. I saw a story this morning. Asteroid passing 2,200 miles above the earth. Closest call in years. And I thought, well... When you fly a plane at 33,000 feet, that's six miles, and you can't see them. 2,200 miles seems like we're pretty safe here. We're not even going to have a backdraft or something. I think we're, we're all going to be pretty safe. Uh, so the headline, Peter King, Brock Purdy over Dak Prescott, if I was starting a new team. Whoa! Think about this. I'm not sure everybody quite grasps what an expensive quarterback does to your team now think about this Aaron Rodgers is great Matt LaFleur is very good the division's wonky their O-line rated top five six in the league but because of Aaron's cap hit they didn't make the playoffs <laughs> okay if Dak was the quarterback of the Niners today Debo Samuel's new contract would not happen he'd be playing somewhere else and you could not sign Nick Bosa, the defensive player of the year, many presume, to a new deal. You'd have to move off George Kittle and probably Trent Williams. You would not have the same team. Kirk Cousins, the number three quarterback cap hit this year. The Vikings had the 31st ranked defense. They couldn't afford good defensive players. Ryan Tannehill was the number one cap hit. Now think about this. Tannehill's more than capable. Vrabel's a great coach. Defense was fantastic. Weak division. Excellent run game. Could not make the playoffs. So Dak Prescott's contract starting next year, he is the number two cap hit in the league at quarterback. Forget the Zeke contract. At least Dak is good. Zeke's a short yardage back. Dak now is getting in the way of wins. Folks, they were 4-1 and one with Cooper Rush, and Dak's better than Cooper, but the gap wasn't. Josh Allen to Colt McCoy. It wasn't Patrick Mahomes to Chad Henney. The gap is Dak's better than Cooper Rush, and Dak, I think, is better than Brock Purdy. But you watch the game. The gap wasn't that large. They're both mobile, but not Lamar Jackson. They both have solid arms. Neither is Justin Herbert or Mahomes. There is an argument the Cowboys' best year to win was this year. I think Brian Dable is going to get Daniel Jones, probably another receiver, center, tight end, Giants probably, whether they make the playoffs or not, probably a more talented unit next year. I think that's reasonable to presume. This was the year to get the Giants. Philadelphia is not going anywhere. They're not paying Jalen Hurts yet. They're just getting more confident. And they have 17 players who are either pro bowlers or alternates. And Washington's going to get a new owner. There's lots of rumors who would be the coach, but regardless of who it is, they'll have more stability and probably go heavy for Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. The Cowboys need to dip into that Salvation Army bucket on the sidelines for a loan 
it's not as crazy as it sounds, is that Dak Prescott now, the number two cap hit in the league. Think about how bad the division mostly is in the AFC South, how good the defense is for the Titans, how good the coach is, how good the run game is. They couldn't make the playoffs. The Vikings' worst defense. Kirk Cousins, a top three cap hit. Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. Iffy division. Great O-line. Eight and nine. So it, it I, sometimes things sound outrageous, but when Peter King said that and you examine it, if Dak was the quarterback of the Niners today, Debo Samuel's gone, and if you're signing Bosa, you got to move off George Kittle and probably one of your linebackers. You're suddenly not the same team. Kansas City, once they paid Mahomes, had to get rid of Tyreek Hill, who's a matchup nightmare, and Ward, the corner, who's now a Pro Bowl-level player for the Niners on the outside. It's not the craziest thing to say. It would be with a Herbert or a Mahomes or maybe a Jalen Hurts. When Hurts plays Brock Purdy this weekend, we may see a sizable gap in talent. That's certainly possible. That's different. I watched Dak and Purdy, and I didn't see it. Good arms, not great. Mobile, not spectacular. Accurate, mostly. Dak was less effective. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think you were on the show, J-Mac, when I said this, but I'd, I'd said it about six months ago. I think in the summer you may not have been here. I said, if you were trying, Bill Belichick was furious when Robert Kraft forced him to trade Garoppolo. 
It was the first time Kraft made a personnel decision for Bill. Bill did not like it. That's been sourced. He was pissed. And I said, you know, Bill's got his money, his rings, his legacy. It's all set. And if you were trying to tank a franchise, you'd tick off the superstar quarterback like Brady. You'd hire assistant coaches who are completely in the positions you give them over their head. You'd put multiple kids on the staff. You'd draft the less, least talented quarterback available in the draft. You wouldn't move up. And by the way, you'd spend a fortune of the owner's money on free agency and really not get any great players. All of that's happened. Now, I don't believe Bill's trying to tank it, but we'll get to that in a second because I see a quote in a story that's got real journalism and real sourcing. So the Boston Herald, two of their reporters inside the building as the uh, Bill O'Brien hiring happened yesterday, he's the new OC. It's the second time around. Bill likes to hire people now in his later years he's comfortable with, doesn't want any new faces. So Andrew Callahan and Karen Gurigan, I think, Gurigan, came out and they have sources all over the building. And I'm going to give you multiple sources, what they said this year was like. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it on the Patriots' dysfunction, said a source. It was disheveled. They were always scrambling to get things done. Does that sound like the best operation top to bottom in the league? A lot of guys were getting worried. He talks about the offense with Matt Patricia, a defensive coordinator. A lot of guys were getting worried because we were in the middle of camp. We were wondering what the plan was for our offense. We hadn't put the install in. We had a couple of protections, a couple of core run plays, but our pass game didn't have much in it. <laughs> what? Mac did not like Joe Judge at all. Judge would speak loudly in meetings, extra loudly, trying to project like he was the man. That kind of rubbed people the wrong way. A lot of people frustrated with Joe Judge. Of course, he was put out of position as a coach. And finally, this goes back to my trying purposely to blow up the organization. Sometimes I would wonder, are we trying to screw this up on purpose? Now, I don't think Belichick holds a grudge has that much animus that he's basically trying to, when he does retire here soon, hand him just a steaming pile of you-know-what. But it is interesting, and this is a memo to businesses. You can have a big brand. You can have great momentum. If you don't keep the best people, go ask Disney a month after Bob Iger left or Microsoft a year after Steve Ballmer left or Apple one earnings period after Steve Jobs left. They all had great products, great brands, industry momentum, and went into the crapper quickly. This is just a football team. The best offensive line coach, Dante Scarnecchia, leaves. Then Brady does. Then Nick Casario, Josh McDaniel, Dave Ziegler in the front office. Suddenly, they're reaching for draft picks. Memo to business people. Pay your top people to stay. Apple, Microsoft, it doesn't matter. Patriots. This was the best run, smartest, most uh, efficient, and leanest operation in the entire sport. Just say this out loud. Leaks in the building. It's like Trump's White House. We get a leak every week. Kids on the staff can't draft offense, spend poorly in free agency. 
They have gone from the best organization to the Bears. They're dysfunctional. They're a non-playoff team. And Bill bringing back, again, somebody he's comfortable with and familiar with, Bill O'Brien. I do think Bill's so smart defensively in that division where I don't know who's quarterbacking Miami long-term, I don't know who's coaching the Jets long-term, and I don't love the direction of the Bills, I think they have a chance to sneak into the playoffs. But this article by the Boston Herald is damning. Wow, is my thought after reading it. These quotes inside the building are, and what it shows you, for years nothing got out. It's the Patriot way. Now it's the Patriot why. For this stuff to leak out, I say this all the time, it's not just the story. Why is it leaking? It shows you the lack of respect and trust now in Belichick. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I saw this this morning. Four different stories. If he plays, Brady's signing with the Raiders, according to a veteran AFC offensive coach. Lamar Jackson to the Falcons, according to an AFC exec. Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet or a Colt, a Colt, according to a coordinator in the NFC. A coordinator, okay, uh, yeah, from another team. Uh, Derek Carr will sign with the Texans, according to a veteran AFC coach. All right. First of all, Brady to the Raiders. You really think Tom's going to sign with the worst roster easily in that division? Lamar to the Falcons. Why would Baltimore trade him? They've already made him a $133 million guaranteed offer. Why are they going to trade him? He's good. Rodgers to the Jets. Really? Wonky ownership, 31st-rated offensive line, a defensive coach that has to win or he's fired. Derek Carr with the Texans, really. Derek Carr, who has a no-trade clause, he can say no to anything, is going to go to a crazy owner and a total rebuild. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know who wrote any of these stories. But sometimes, what would be easiest? If you're Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't it just be easier to go to the Packers and say, okay, I'll commit to the OTA with the draft picks. Bring the, bring the band back. Wouldn't that feel easier? The Jets? Wonky ownership? Josh Allen, Belichick twice a year? McDaniels offense? Bad O-line? Coach on the hot seat? Really? I mean, I think Aaron to the Titans, I've always thought that feels like it could work. And I love Vrabel. But... Tannehill, they move off him. They're projected to be $24 million over the cap. If they moved off Tannehill, it would be messy with Aaron's contract. They have one legitimate wide receiver, and their own line is bottom quarter of the league. Tom Brady, what's the easiest? Here's, here's my guess today. Easy or easiest will happen. Wouldn't it be easiest for Brady to call it a day, come to Fox, and make massive amounts of money. The published reports of his contract, although maybe all overstated, are massive. Wouldn't it just be easier to say, had a great career. I don't want to go play for a third team. I'll go make some money, broadcast, be around my kids. Wouldn't it be easiest for Aaron Rodgers to just commit to one OTA with your draft picks and come back? 
He's a part owner of the Bucks. Does he really want a good old line? Star back, likes his coach. Wouldn't it be easiest for the Ravens to just sign Lamar Jackson? They already offered him $133 million guaranteed. Now they're shipping him to the Falcons? <laughs> and Derek Carr. I don't know, but but he has a he has a no trade clause. He's never had a great defense. I think easiest, Brady retires, he goes to Tampa. Raiders get him out of the conference so they don't have to face him much. He gets Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, very nice offensive line, center guard tackle right. Recent winning, playoff team, little momentum, Bruce Arians in the building. Finally have a decent defense. He hasn't had one in seven, eight, nine years. Car to the Bucks sounds easiest to me. Brady retiring to Fox. Aaron back to the Packers. And yes, the Ravens re-signing Lamar. Sometimes easiest happens a lot more than we want to admit. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
43 years, NFL films, Greg Cosell's like, what's this basketball talk? What the heck's going on in this world? Okay. Okay. So uh, I don't think my I'm somebody that ever calls for a coach to be replaced, but what I watch with Buffalo is something I complained about all year. Stop just calling plays. It, there, there's no identity. I thought that was as bad a performance, a juxtaposed against the Bengals that had a tight, precise, played into Burrow strengths, efficient in the snow, moved the chains. And when you juxtapose the Bills offense, you're like, they're not even, did they practice? What did the film say about Buffalo, their identity, and their, and their afternoon? Well, I think this game was really just, in many ways, a microcosm of what they are. And it's pretty remarkable they've been able to win so many games because I agree with you. I'm not sure what the identity is other than let Josh do it. And based on what he did a year ago in the playoffs, I think we all became mesmerized. And with what he's done this year at times as well, that he can just make incredible plays all the time. They don't really have a run game, Colin. Um, they don't really have a strong O-line. It's probably by NFL standards below average. They're really not that deep at receiver. So there isn't really an identity other than Josh Allen. And I think in the playoffs, very often that can come back to haunt you. And it did. Uh, and as I said, because of what he did a year ago, I think there's a sense that he can just do that all the time. It's very hard to play that way. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go. Um Everybody made fun of the last play by McCarthy, but the game was the riddle was solved by then. Yeah. What did you know? Yeah. Dak Dak did not. You know, Dak had another. He had a lot of picks this year. I don't know what the film says. What did you make overall of the game? Um, I, I didn't think, believe it or not, Dak played poorly. The issue in a game like that is you can't turn the ball over because it's such a tight, low-scoring game. And while Purdy did, by the way, he did not play at a high level throughout the game, but he didn't turn it over. And we can discuss him in a minute because there's some concerns going forward with Brock Purdy that the tape reflects. But Dax, he threw that really bad interception as they were going in when he did not read the coverage. And that was surprising, Colin, because he's a veteran quarterback. And the interception, which we're looking at right now, came against cover two. And he did not recognize that Jimmy Ward would be sitting right there in cover two. Um, and that was a really kind of an inexcusable interception. The, the one we're looking at now, that one was hard for me to evaluate. I don't know if that was a miscommunication, yeah. um, but he also had a really bad throw late in the game that Dre Greenlaw easily could have intercepted and walked into the end zone. So there are a few too many plays that a veteran quarterback like Dak Prescott is just not getting a clear picture, but overall, I don't think his game was terrible. It's just that game demanded no mistakes. Okay, so let's get to the AFC Championship. So yep. uh, about week 10 around there, maybe week 11, 12, I said, I think the Bengals are the best team in the league, and I think a big part of it is their defense, which makes tre mm -hmm. tremendous adjustments at half. Um They've got, they could use another corner, but by and large, they have really good players that we don't talk about. They're not stars. Correct. They're just really good. So you, you tell me, what is it about two years now? What is it the Bengals defense does on film that could give Mahomes trouble? Well, let's talk about the fact of what they've done the last couple of games, because they've won three in a row. And one of the things that really stands out is they, 
have such a great feel for how to defend Kelsey. Because what, what the Chiefs like to do is, not all the time, but one of the things the Chiefs like to do is Kelsey will either go in motion across the formation or he'll be the inside receiver to this three-receiver side of the formation. So when either one of those things happen, what they've been doing a lot of is dropping out the defensive end to Kelsey's side. And that makes it a three-man rush, which everybody focuses on. But the more important point is when you drop out that defensive end, he appears as if he's a double or a bracket on Kelsey right off the bat. And that takes him, that takes Kelsey out of Mahomes' uh, initial look. And then Mahomes has to work other ways. And I think that'll be particularly important this week because we don't know what Mahomes' mobility will be like. Yeah. So that's one of the things that they've done in the past. And everybody, as I said, focuses on the three-man pressure. Yeah. The other thing that Lou Anaramo is really good at is he's opponent-specific, as I just said, but he also makes little subtle adjustments throughout the game. He's not beholden to, hey, this is what we're doing, and we're going to stay with it throughout the game. Um, and he makes little adjustments that usually bear fruit. And you're 100% right. They have better players in certain areas than people probably think they do. So Mahomes, you know, we, we all know the crazy arm angles. Um, yep. But there's... When I watch him, the thing that always jumps out to me is uh, some su some stuff is just instinctual. Is that yeah. I mean, there are veteran quarterbacks in this league that just don't feel pressure, and it's mind-boggling. I love Sam Darnold, but he can't feel pressure. Um, and then sometimes he feels it when it's not there. Some guys just don't. They don't feel it. When you look at tape beyond the crazy arm angles, what what is it with Mahomes that jumps out to you? Spatial awareness. Um, he not only sees the field clearly, but he feels where people are in relationship to him and one another. And that makes his movement very controlled and efficient. Because, Colin, it's in his DNA to move. He moves a lot when there's no reason to move, when there's no pressure on him. But he's just very comfortable moving. And when he moves, he has unbelievable vision to see the field. And as I said, spatial awareness. You know, we talk about that a lot in other sports like basketball. Obviously, it's a more confined space. But Mahomes has tremendous spatial awareness with a, just an innate, intuitive understanding of where people are. You know, early in the year, if you remember, the Bengals weren't running the ball well. And I, and I had Burrow on a couple of podcasts, and he said, we've got to get out of third and 13. He's like, yeah. we can't get behind the sticks. So then their offensive line uh, kind of gels. The run game surfaces, and they've been great since. Um, so obviously that helps. Third and three is easier than third and 13. But what is it about Joe that, again, great players make things – they make them look easy. Um why does he make it look so easy? What is his natural skill that is superhuman to you? I would say that he is the absolute true definition of a passer, Colin. He can throw with timing and anticipation. He can throw with pace and touch. He can you know, muscle up and throw with velocity when needed, even though you wouldn't describe his arm strength as a gun. Most importantly, his ball placement is about as consistently, oh. as, as precise as any quarterback in the league. He has an innate feel for how to move and manipulate defenders. He can navigate the pocket with poise, with composure. Um, you know, they, I think they sort of made a little bit of an adjustment this year as well. Um, as the year progressed, they became much more timing and rhythm based with 
fewer throws down the field. Because that's one of the things I always thought about Joe was that man, when it was single coverage on the outside, he would push it down the field. But they really have become much more timing and rhythm based. And he's so good at that. Yeah. And his his interceptions have dropped to your point yep. because of that. Okay. So now yep. let's go to the NFC championship. Um, you know, we, we said this yesterday is that Brock Purdy is a great story, but you know, he's twitchy, but he's not Lamar. His arm is okay. He's a little yep. undersized is the film starting to show, you know, it takes about four to five starts for defensive coordinators to go. Can't do that. Can't do that. What is the film starting to tell you about the reality of Brock Purdy? couple of things based on film. I would say that the last two games, the both playoff games, there have been a few too many times he's missed receivers on really well-designed pass game schemes where he just did not turn the ball loose. And I know that Kyle Shanahan will be working with him on that because Kyle does a great job of drawing things up and presenting reads and throws for his quarterbacks. Um, the other thing that's starting to show up a little, and I guarantee that the Eagles with a really good front and pass rush will take note of this, is he's starting to do two things that he needs to be coached out of. When he feels pressure, he's starting to retreat backwards and immediately move to his left. Both of those things are not good, Colin, <laughs> and he's going to need to be coached out of that because there's a pretty good chance that he will face pressure. It won't be constant on every play, obviously, but that... Eagles defensive front, whether it's their four-man front or their five-man front, we know that they're a really strong pass rush. They led the league in sacks. I believe it was the third highest total since they started uh, measuring sacks in the NFL. So he's going to face pressure, and how he handles it will be a major part of this game. He's going to have to speed up a little bit, but not move backwards or immediately move to his left. All right. The Niners, it's Jennings, it's Mitchell, it's Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> it's Debo, it, it, Debo. It's hard to get pressure. Micah disappeared behind Trent Williams. So how he sure does, did. Yeah, I mean, just he just vanished. So <laughs> it's amazing how that works with the Hall of Fame left tackle. The guy's just vanished. So Niners offense, Eagles defense. Anything you can project or guess, what will it look yeah. like? Let's talk about 21 personnel where they line up with two backs, Juszczyk being one of them, one tight end, and two wide receivers. That is a foundational personnel package for the 49ers, and they are so multiple formationally out of it. They can do a lot of things. They use motion more than any team in the league out of that package, and I'm fascinated to see how the Eagles will match up to it. Will they stay base? Will they choose to play nickel? Because, as you know, Samuel can be in the backfield. Uh, you can have Kittle in the backfield. You can have Juszczyk split all the way out wide. Kittle can split wide. And the thing is, is you can't try to react to every single formation because that is too much mental gymnastics for a defense, Colin. So you have to pretty much have some sense of how you're going to play using your rules and your techniques. And that's where Shanahan is so good because once he understands what you're doing defensively, there may be no better coach in the NFL at putting defenders in conflict. Okay. Jalen hurts because of his mobility. He puts stress. Uh, he puts stress on defenses. Are there crevices that Jalen can expose against this Niner defense? Yeah, one of the things we saw with the Eagles as the season progressed was Jalen Hurts attacking outside the numbers vertically with both Devonta Smith and especially A.J. Brown. And I don't believe that that Lenore and Ward on the outside are weaknesses. I wouldn't call them weaknesses, 
But I would believe and that the Eagles will think that they can take shots outside the numbers vertically against Lenore and Ward. I mean, Ward got beat a couple of weeks ago by Metcalf. And by the way, I think Ward's had a really good season. I think he's a quality NFL corner, and they started to use him as a matchup corner later in the season. I'm curious to see if they match him up on A.J. Brown. Um, but I think the Eagles will feel that they can orchestrate some big plays by doing that because the middle of the field is difficult against the Niners. Fred Warner's the best linebacker in the game. Dre Greenlaw's a really good player. You know, their safeties. I mean, everybody thinks of Hufanga just the way he plays downhill, but Gibson has really been a big find for them at safety. He's been a really good player this year. It's, it's probably easier to work outside the numbers against the the 49ers defense than it is to work inside well i want to your big play of the game uh, philadelphia has this endless <laughs> endless conveyor belt of big capable tight ends uh they got yep. one to goddard this week what's your play of the week yeah, and, and this is, they're so good. I think their coaching staff does a really, really good job with play design. And I'm not, look, nothing is easy for a quarterback in this league, but I think they really do a good job, just like Shanahan does with Brock Purdy. I think the Eagles coaching staff does a great job with Jalen Hurts. So let's look at this Goddard touchdown, which was a 16 yard touchdown. And it was obviously from the game last week against the Giants. And it seemed very simple. And but it, it wasn't really. I mean, here you have Jalen Hurts, and he's in the gun. Now, they're going to be in a two-by-two two set. But the player here that's really important is Kenneth Gainwell, because right now he's in the backfield. But what they're going to do with him is they're going to shift him out to the field side of the formation. And notice that Tony Jefferson goes with him. That's a pretty strong indicator right there of man coverage. Because in this area of the field, you could get man, you could get zone. You don't know. That's why they did that. So what they're going to do is they're going to work to their man-beater concept, Pascal and Goddard, and look at these two uh, defensive backs. They are on the same level. That's not good in man coverage when the receivers are that close together. So they run a pick play. It's simple. It's easy. And Goddard is able to make the catch, and then he has room to run. So it's just a very simple concept. But they first they had to determine pre-snap if it would be man or zone. They did that with the motion. Then they work to the man-beater side of the offensive formation, and they got a touchdown. And, you know, when, when, when offenses are humming, it, it, sometimes it looks easy, doesn't it, Colin, when offenses are humming? Yeah. Well, uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, I, I didn't like his opening press conference, but I there was a No, no one did. Believe me, no one did. <laughs> You're in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know how bad it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's redeemed himself. Greg Cosell, uh, great seeing you as always. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate it. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. I'm reading a story this morning about um, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. The GM for the Jaguars says, you know, the young kid and Doug Peterson, that it's, it's kind of a, um, a relationship made in heaven. You have a young, coachable kid. You have a former Doug Peterson, I think he quarterback for the Packers, played – it's a perfect marriage. And I, w- I was thinking about this weekend. So if you put, I kind of feel like quarterback-coach relationships is about 75% of the league. And there's about six or seven of them where I think we both know they're pretty good. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, both going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. 
I don't think Matt LaFleur ranks in the top four or five coaches, but he's certainly capable. And Aaron's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Stafford and McVay, gonna, great. Uh, you know, you can say what you want about Zach Taylor, but I thought about this the other day. I have never seen him outcoached in a big game. I've seen him lose. I've never seen him outcoached. He went toe-to-toe with Vrabel, Sean McVay. He went toe- he's gone toe-to-toe three times with Andy Reid. I've never seen Zach Taylor in a big spot be outcoached. I just watched him run laps around Sean McDermott. Uh, then there's Lamar and Harbaugh, both very, very good, and Trevor and Doug. So the, we know I like them both. I love some of them, but I like them both. The next group is, I love the quarterback. I got reservations about the coach. Uh, That's a small group. Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. I think McDermott's rigid. I don't think he's developed an O-line, a run game, or an offensive identity in six years. And Brandon Staley, I think, is smart. But again, they were an awful second-half offense this year. How? Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, good O-line most of the time when it's healthy. They were terrible second half. So that's, I like the quarterback. I got reservations about the coach. Then there's the, I like the coach. I'm not really sold on the quarterback. Brian Dable, Daniel Jones. Dable's great. Uh, I think Mike McDaniel's brilliant, but I, Tua can't stay healthy. And I think reasonable people can admit that's a concern. He's struggling to stay healthy, college pro. Uh, Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy this weekend is going to get undressed a little bit. Uh, we're going to see some limitations. Uh, Tomlin, Kenny Pickett. Tomlin is going to be a Hall of Fame-worthy candidate. I think Kenny doesn't have a lot of juice. The fact that Tomlin never had a losing season, he's had some quarterback injuries and some drama and mayhem. Uh, Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. You know, Pete's won with a lot of players, college and pro. Uh, Geno Smith's won with one guy, Pete Carroll, for a single year. Uh, Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill, uh, Kevin O'Connell, Kirk Cousins. By the way, here's all you need to know about Kevin O'Connell. That team was 11-0 in one-score games. That's insane. (laughs) Like, that doesn't happen ever. Uh, So it's like them both, about six. Like the quarterback a lot, coach at two. And then about seven, eight, really like the coach. Reservations about the quarterback. So who's missing from there? Nick Sariani and Jalen Hurts. So right now, I really like the quarterback. And I think Sariani's good. But here's my reservation. Is that last year they got to the playoffs, it was bad. And this year they beat the Giants off a bye. I think Nick Sariani's the guy. Now you're going to say to yourself, Colin, I mean, how can you put uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson? Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles over Belichick and Brady. And Trevor Lawrence was the number one high school quarterback, college quarterback, and number one draft pick. He's a generational all-time talent. Uh, well, about Kevin O'Connell, eight and nine to thirteen and four. Do you know how hard it is to make the playoffs and win a division when your defense is awful? Generally, Raiders' defense is bad. You finish in third or fourth. You don't have to be great at defense, but Philadelphia, San Francisco, Kansas City, and Cincinnati have playmakers, right? Like even Kansas City, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, playmakers. Uh, Minnesota made the playoffs, average at quarterback, terrible defensively. And beat the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And a pretty good coach. I think Nick Sariani is going to have a really good weekend. Um, but you got to remember, the Philadelphia story to this point is a GM story. They have eight pro bowlers and nine alternates. 
17 of their 22 starters are Pro Bowl level. That's a general manager story. And Jalen Hurts, by the way, and Sariani get some credit, but a lot of that's a Jalen Hurts story. Always doubted Alabama, Oklahoma, Philadelphia. So, and by the way, Shanahan on his third quarterback is 7-0 with his third string quarterback. Gardner Minshew played a couple of games. Philadelphia lost him with a capable backup. So I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not, I think he'll, I'm just, I, I, I need, I, this weekend mattered, not to Jalen Hurts. I know he can play. I've seen a lot of Jalen Hurts. The minute he didn't play, they can't win. I want to see this weekend Nick Sirianni against Kyle Shanahan. Chess, chess match. I want to see. I'm, I'm not saying he's not capable. I want to see. Colin, question. I know the answer to this one. Do you know who played the easiest schedule in the NFL this Phil- season? Philadelphia. Right. So the minute the quarterback got hurt, couldn't win. And again, how we, when you have 17 pro bowlers, I mean, I love Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle is one with rosters not this good. This roster stacked. Yeah. This roster that Howie Roseman built is the only roster in the NFL, to me, that is close to San Francisco. It's very good. Now, I'll point out, Dallas has a top 10 defense. Phyllis, Philly faced them twice, but once Cooper Rush was a quarterback, the other time Gardner Minshew, so you kind of throw that out. Yeah. Washington, top 10 defense. They did lose. Remember the, I think it was a Monday Night Football game. Saints, top 10 defense. Now, Gardner Minshew was a quarterback, so you would kind of toss that out. This will be the toughest defense. Easily. Jalen Hurts and Sirianni have seen all season. And they did have the easiest schedule. I know a lot of people want to say, well, they killed the Giants and the 49ers kind of struggle with Dallas, but a lot of people overreact to what they just saw. This is going to be a very, it feels like a coin toss game. Does it not? I just think Brock Purdy on the road. People have been saying that for seven weeks. I know, but he went to see. Remember the Thursday night football game in Seattle? Oh, it's a tough spot. One covered. I know it's Seattle, but fine. I'm just. He's unflappable. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Decovis store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Decovis.com. Stores are great, but it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.